You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Welcome to the very first episode of the Irregularly Scheduled Podcast. I am, of course, your host, Michael Cohen. Thank you for joining me. I know this has been a long time coming, and you guys have been very patient with me as we get other projects off the ground. Uh, and I know that everybody's been been really champing at the bit to uh, to to hear what Irregularly Scheduled is going to be. Um, and they want to hear me talk about all sorts of topics other than the ones that I normally cover uh, on the Rebels podcast and Quiver the Green Hour podcast, the stuff you're used to hearing me talk about. Um, Irregularly scheduled is going to be just that. It's going to be my opportunity to talk to you guys, the listeners, about all sorts of different things, uh, whether it's geeky stuff, but hopefully more often than not, we'll be talking about other neat things like uh, uh, science and uh, uh, you know just sort of interesting stories, interesting concepts, maybe some politics, maybe some philosophy, stuff like that. Things that I'm into that might not necessarily have copyright infringement uh, involved in creating podcasts about them. So I, uh, with that in mind, we're going to do the complete opposite. And in this first episode, uh, Amanda and I are going to talk about uh, Harry Potter. Uh, I'm, I'm currently in the process of going through the series for the first time. Obviously, I've seen all the movies um, as they came out in the movie theater. Uh, and and I've seen I've seen all but the first two in the theater. So uh, so, I you know, I, I've become a pretty big fan over the course of the years. But I uh, but had never read the books because I'm just not much of a reader. It's not really my thing. But thankfully, they became available on audiobook recently. So I started going through. And uh, at the time that we recorded this segment, uh, I had gotten through the first three books, and and uh, and currently now, as of as of me recording this intro, I'm about halfway, maybe about two thirds of the way through the the fourth book. Um, so this conversation is going to be relegated specifically to that content, uh, the first three books. Um, and, and I'll tell you, I mean, the fourth book, my, my opinions haven't really changed. Uh, the stuff that we talk about still holds true, but, uh, but that said, when I do finish the series, we will come back and Amanda and I will discuss, uh, the final four books in the series, but that'll probably take a little while cause they get bigger and bigger with each book. So, I uh, so without further ado, uh, here we go. And you can have a listen to that conversation between me and my co-host from quiver, the green arrow podcast, Amanda Konkin. Uh, here we go. Okay. So the, here's my complaints so far. The yeah, plot, Harry Potter, right? Yeah, Harry Potter. Right. The first book, mm-hmm. the plot breaks down in the last act because um, 
all of this stuff happens and it's all the setup, blah, blah, blah. And then they get through, he gets through all of the trials or whatever, not the trials, but like the, the things, the, the, just, the safeguards yeah. to yeah. get to the, to the stone. And, and then, and then what's his face? Quirrell mm-hmm. confesses, right? Like he tells him everything. If Quirrell gave Hagrid the dragon egg mm-hmm. and found out the, the secret to, to Fluffy, mm-hmm. At the point in time that he actually did, why did he wait months to get through? Like, to, to get to the end of the thing, right? The movie fixes it, I think. It's been a really long time since I've watched the movie. Mm-hmm. But I think in the movie, Quirrell comes in and basically says, Oh, thank you very much, Mr. Potter. You've, you have you led me right to the blah, 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 or whatever, right? Like... I couldn't, I, I made it past everything, but I couldn't figure out the the last thing or whatever, or something like that. Uh, yeah. But in the book, in the book, that doesn't happen. No. In the, in I, the. I think it happens the same in the book and the movie. I feel like, like he, I feel he like. just went through beforehand. You think, yeah? Because in the, because in the book, he's already through and Harry yeah. and Hermione and Ron are Come like afterwards. chasing after him. Yeah, right? yeah. Um. But it doesn't make any sense because, like, Fluffy was the one thing that he couldn't get past, right? Like, it's like he kind of says that. It's like I thought the whole <clears throat> point was that he had to learn what the other people would have put in it. So yeah. the first thing he found out was Hagrid's Fluffy, and then the rest of the stuff he had to figure out which professor was doing what so that he could know what it was going to yeah. be. See, I feel I feel like there was a line where he said something about Fluffy being the hardest part. Oh, okay. Right, like, but because 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 he doesn't talk about the rest of it. He doesn't talk about about like uh, like like the the stuff that McGonagall does and and the stuff that, yeah. that Snape does and whatever. The only person that he talks about is it's Hagrid. Is Hagrid? Yeah. And and he and he goes to like such lengths to be like, oh, it, 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 it's not even clever. It's right. just like it's. So just, here's here's my response to that. Yeah. Uh, it happens at the end because that's what ne- it needed to do to facilitate. So like I'm, I know, but I it's know, sloppy. but but I'm working on a movie right now. Yeah. Where like, if you look at it that way, there's no point for us to even make the movie. The whole point is enjoy the fun. Like it happens because that way because it happens that way. Yeah. Like, I, I I think <laughs> I think you're comparing apples to oranges on that one because I think the movie that you're working on is if, if it's. The, the one that I think it is like it's like that it, it the the whole excuse for that movie is just fun yeah right Harry Potter is a little bit different it's a children's book it's no, but no it's not the same because it's it's built as it, it's meant to have a structure yeah. and it's it's no different it's mm-hmm. no different than you get to the end of season one of Doctor Who and Bad Wolf is the thing mm-hmm. and like and it doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. Like, like other than there's, there's like two instances in the whole season where Bad Wolf was something that actually affected the plot line. Yeah. But the rest of it, it was just words that were written or a thing that was said off the cuff. Yeah. Right. There was, there was like, there's the one episode where they're, they're, they're trying to escape from the one place, some place mm-hmm. and like Bad Wolf is written and, and they know not to go that way or something. Or it's, something. It's, it like so, warns them off of something. Did but you like, watch the 50th anniversary special? Are you talking about Doctor Who? Yeah. No, of course not. Okay, well, they, they brought back Bad Wolf in that. You can't retcon it years no, later. I, that no, doesn't no, no, they count. didn't. 
Well, okay. but it's just the thing where <laughs> I don't remember the... Because, again, I watched what, the first season of Doctor Who, like, eight, yeah. ages ago. Uh, oh, man, I should rewatch. Well, it's that. been a really long so time good. since I've watched it, too. Um. Oh, my gosh. Is that a picture of your baby? Yeah. Aw. Anyway, sorry. Um... <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, what is your like larger point about Harry Potter? Because if we if we argue minutia, I no, feel no. like it like diffuses. So like that's that's my that's just my first gripe. Yes, your first gripe. Let's move on to the next one. <clears throat> like mostly they're awesome. Like, like yeah, mostly well, they're great stories. Um the the biggest gripe that I have is JK Rowling herself <laughs> because I just think that she's kind of an obnoxious person. But <clears throat> like I can divorce I can divorce the art from the artist, and that that's fine, right? Like it's not a big deal because it's like I can like I watched Ender's Game a while back mm-hmm. and I enjoyed that movie for what it was. I mean, it's a little bit of a stupid ending, but um, I similar types of issues that I have with the end of the first Harry Potter book. But Orson Scott Card the, is a terrible person. Oh, yeah. But also <clears throat> the point of Ender's Game is the ending of the Okay. I, I know, but, like, uh, it, the, but... I haven't seen the movie. I've read the book. But, but, like, but the end of Ender's Game is... is it's the point. Is a, but it's a little bit obnoxious. Of course. There, there's obnoxious stuff like, oh, we're just going to let him take a ship and go off into the... Like, whatever. I don't want to talk about Ender's Game. <laughs> but the whole point is that, like, Orson Scott Card's a horrible person. person. Yeah. But Ender's Game is an interesting story, and I can watch Ender's Game and not feel and like, yeah, and yeah. not let that affect how I feel about yeah. that story. Um, similarly, I can I can read Harry well, listen to Harry Potter, mm-hmm. <clears throat> watch the movies certainly because I love the movies, um, and divorce it from J.K. Rowling mm-hmm. and some of her more obnoxious traits in my eyes. But um, okay, so so the end of the first book bothers me a little bit. Um, the 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 thing that bugs me the most other than JK Rowling herself is that every book starts with them with, with her insulting the Dursleys mm-hmm. and I guess I get it the Dursleys are bad guys they're bad guys they're bad people they might not be they might not be evil wizards but they're bad people right <laughs> But, but I mean, like, by the end of the story, I know that, like, it kind of turns itself around and eventually his, his aunt... They're, they're not bad. They're supposed to be foils for what his actual parents are. Okay, I'm listening through them right now and okay. it's all very fresh. They're okay. terrible people. Okay. The book, they, like, the books imply that, yeah. that his uncle beat him regularly. No. Right? Like that, like, that that was part of his growing up. Like, I have no idea what the what the child welfare system is like in the UK, mm-hmm. but if people find this to be a believable story that a well-to-do family in a, in a yeah. suburb in the, in the UK could, yeah. could treat a human being like a child that they are the guardians of yeah. in this way like that, it, it astounds me. In any case, I understand why it's in there for the story, but that's not my point. My like like they're bad people. Uh-huh. We get it because of their actions. We understand they're bad people because of what they do. Yeah. But Rowling has this, and she does. It's not just the Dursleys, but they're the best example. Because um, I don't know the name of the other characters or whatever, but they're the best example of this. Their exterior is meant to reflect who they are as people. Oh right, yeah. And it really bothers me because they are children's books. And she's putting the idea in people's heads 
that ugly people, that fat people, that that messy people are bad guys a lot of the time. Like I know there's a few things yeah. about like Hermione has has crazy hair and and Harry has crazy hair that won't stay down or whatever. So there's some some of these things transfer, but a lot of the time when she's explaining like when she's describing characters, it's very very like put down language. Right. Yeah. It's very, it's very like, like I'm, I'm at the beginning of the fourth book, which like in the, in the movies, I don't remember them really spending this much time on it. She goes to great lengths to tell you that, that, uh, Dudley. Yeah. yeah. That Dudley is fat. Okay. And to the point where I like, this is fresh in my mind. Cause literally as I got off the bus and was walking up yeah. to my house, this was playing in my ears. She compares him to a killer whale. Mm. He's he's roughly the weight of a killer whale. And it's like, I that's hyperbole. It's not written as hyperbole. It's written as a literal, like a literal yeah. statement, <clears throat> which is just bad writing in my mm-hmm. opinion. Some of the things that I, yeah. that I take issue with in her yeah. writing. Because um, <clears throat> I feel like when you're writing for kids, you have to... You have to take extra care with that stuff, to be, right? Because you're impressing things upon them, and that's why this bothers me so, that like so many of the characters, even though their actions are vile and reprehensible, yeah. the, it it she almost spends more time telling you that they're disgusting people on the outside, and then gets to the point of them being disgusting people on the inside. And to me, it really like like we never like she never describes Seamus. She never describes fuck. Uh, I almost swore. <laughs> she never describes any of like Harry's pals because we're just going to go ahead and assume that they're all average people, mm. right? So I'm really excited that you're like analyzing the book in this yeah. way because two things. Uh, they were written what like more than a decade, fifteen. Oh years yeah, ago, right? yeah. And in England, so yeah. like the, just like having been to England a couple times and like having relatives from there, the culture the, is different. It's it's a different kind of culture yeah. in terms of like how you address stuff yeah. and and like the way that society yeah. works. It's just really interesting, especially like I, in more recent years, like yeah. like learning more about um, reality TV in England and things. Anyways, yeah. So that's awesome that you are like analyzing like this way, but like in terms of like. In her defense, which I really don't want to do, so I'm just kind of doing this to play devil's advocate <laughs> yeah. right here, but is the idea that, like, storytelling has done this for years, right? Like, that's, yeah. like, the whole but, the whole but, thing is that that's why, yeah. like, dark-haired villains are a thing and yeah. light-haired princesses, like, so it's it's slowly changing. But at the time, she was yeah. writing very much on par with, like... But, but I feel like, like, there's a there's a personal agenda behind that. There totally is. Like you can see her personal leanings. Or 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 she just wasn't thinking about it in the way that we do now. No, but that's what but right? no, I'm not saying that she wrote it like with intent or malice. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that like her subconscious is that like she finds fat people disgusting. Yeah. So Which up until ten years ago, everybody in the sure, world did. Sure. Right? It's only been in the last yeah, ten years in the last that, while that, that like that, that language fat shaming's even been a yeah. thing. Which For sure. Way to go, Wentworth Miller, by the way. Did you? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, Wentworth Miller. Like, and, and I don't know, maybe, like, well, I mean, that, this, I've been thinking about this before that happened, but maybe because that's so fresh in my mind, Mm -hmm. um, I'm just, like, sort of, yeah, like, and it's interesting because it's something that's really, like, it's, it's, when, when you're with the Dursleys, 
it is like cranked up to 11. Right, yeah. The rest of the book, it's not nearly as bad. Yeah. And sometimes it's used, sometimes it's used to, um, like like it's used it's used in a subversive way like she sets mm-hmm. that up with the Dursleys and then there's definitely an aspect of of Remus Lupin when you first meet him he's disheveled he's mm-hmm. like he's described as as being shabby and like yeah. sort of the the character that in the other two books previous to that mm-hmm. Harry would want to avoid <clears throat> and then you end up finding out that Remus is actually one of the best allies that Harry mm-hmm. will ever have and you know like all that mm-hmm. sort of thing um, Remus is like uh, my second is, favorite. Is character. Tom Riddle in the third book? Uh, Tom Riddle's in the second book. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, th- and that's one of the other things is that Tom Riddle is is described as being handsome. Yeah. Right? So I'm just thinking. I I feel like it may detract a little bit. This isn't a spoiler. So well, much. I mean, I know the stories already. Yeah, so exactly. But like, there's a distinct shift, like. Yeah. Dudley becomes very like he's no longer described as fat in like the sixth book. Okay. It's that he like has become a football star. Okay. And it's like a thing that he's like yeah, yeah, yeah. buff and like popular and so yeah. he like completely changes and he's still a like he's still a bad guy, he just is a different So it's just so yeah, it's very intentional the way that they're described, but it's it shifts to a different kind of a yeah. description of him in in like what he it's not so juvenile. And I think yeah. maybe that's a thing too, like as she grew as a writer and as the characters grew, the way that they looked at the world grew as yeah. well. So yeah. that this idea of when you're talking to like 12-year-old kids 20 years ago, yeah. there was very much this mentality of being like, oh, they're so big and dumb and stupid. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Right? And so kids are like, oh, yeah, it's the Dursleys like, are like big a, and dumb and stupid. Yeah, like I said, like it's, it's put down language. Yeah. Like it's a lot of very insulting sort of thing. The sort of thing that, and these are things that I'm thinking about now, mm-hmm. that when you're raising a kid, you would say, hey, don't talk like that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. we don't call people that name. We don't use that word. Yeah. Right? Like, don't call your sister stupid. Yeah. Right? Stuff like that. Um, and and sh- here is J.K. Rowling with an audience of basically every child on the planet that has access to a book. Right, yeah. Right? Using this language. Using this language. And so it's just really interesting because now it's something that when when my kids get to that age and they are given the Harry Potter books to read, it's like, okay, you, you like you've moved on to this stage of your life. Here's Harry Potter. It's going to be like you re, when you're done the first 3 chapters, come back to me because I have to talk to you about this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because the way that she talks about the Dursleys, yes, they're bad people, but yeah. it has nothing to do with the way that they look. Yeah. And you can't assume that everybody who's fat or likes to eat or blah yeah. blah blah, right? Like like yeah. he, she uses a lot of descriptors that are just like they're very superficial mm-hmm. and and I uh, they're very like they're very shame based, right? Mm-hmm. And it it's uh, it's it's a really weird thing and I guess like it probably is a, a two thousand sixteen perspective on it. Mm-hmm. And people who were reading the books or experiencing this stuff a little bit closer to when it came out probably weren't as as I uh, <clears throat> aware of this this sort of thing well, this is just so- but it's just still like there are some points where i'm like i don't care i don't care when these books were published i don't think that that's an acceptable way to talk about a child right, yeah. in the context of, of a children's book and an adversary because you're you're really like you're loading a gun with with potentially dangerous bullets yeah. right like so i don't it's it's just 
of all of the things that I went into it thinking that I would have a problem with, <clears throat> this was not on my radar. Right, yeah. Because obviously the Dursleys are bad guys. Yeah. Right? And obviously most of Slytherin are bad guys. <laughs> but, like, the one girl in Slytherin in, in the second book that they that Hermione's supposed to make the polyjuice potion out of and oh, she yeah, ends yeah. up using the cat hair. Yeah. <clears throat> like, they... They play it off like, like oh, oh, that's disgusting. And I mean, they do the same thing with Crab and Goyle, but Crab and Goyle are just kind of described as being, as being brutes, yeah, right? Like, they're not really yeah. described that much. Yeah. But, but this is another one of those things, like Crab and Goyle, who are in every book and they're main characters, right? Like, I'd say they're part of the main supporting cast. Yeah. And then here's this other girl that I can't even remember her name because she's only ever mentioned in the second book and only because it's important to the plot that we have the name of a female Slytherin so that Hermione can use the polyjuice potion, right? When she is described, it is in almost excruciating detail of like her skin complexion and her hair Mm -hmm. and her weight and the way that she carries herself and it's all negative. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's like you're giving this book to tweens mm-hmm. and you're and you're telling them that the bad guy looks a certain way mm-hmm. and you're you're basically giving them the ammunition to go out into their world and find a person that looks like that description and go like I bet she would be in Slytherin yeah. and then everybody can snicker about it right like that that to me like that's I don't know as an adult writing a story that's the sort of thing that you need to be careful of, right? Like I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to be working with Allison from the Double X Files podcast on a Christmas book Ooh, for kids. Cool. They they explains like other other faiths, other oh, religions, and other beliefs, and including mm-hmm. like non-belief and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um. And it and like the reason why I want to do it is because I grew up. Uh, my dad's Jewish and my mom is Christian and we grew up as a Christian household, but with my dad teaching us mm-hmm. about Judaism and, and I went to a school in Richmond that was primarily Jewish. Like it was very, very predominantly Jewish. Basically it was Jew- Jewish and Chinese. There's just like the neighborhood. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so like I grew up like in, in grade three, we wa- or grade two, I think we watched a Sesame Street special in class about Hanukkah, mm-hmm. right? And and it's the sort of thing that like I grew up with that. And then as I got older and like I talked to people about it, it was like, what are you talking about? Like yeah. they didn't show that to us in in <laughs> elementary school, right? Yeah. right? Um, and it's the sort of thing that like I know that I was exposed to to different beliefs, mm-hmm. um, especially moving from Vancouver to Penticton. <laughs> It was, it, there's culture shock there, yep. right? Because you move from a, a metropolitan city mm-hmm. or a suburb of a metropolitan city to uh, basically suburb. like a small yeah. town, yeah. right? I mean, like it's a city, but it's a small town no, mentality. It's um, and, and that is predominantly white, like, the, yeah. like just like oh, straight up. Straight up white. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah like um, it was something that like from a young age, I was very aware of and mm-hmm. I want to put together something that they points these things out like that they explores them so that like you expose kids to other people's beliefs but like it's like when you approach something like that when you're thinking about something like that you have to start thinking very 
sensitively about it mm-hmm. and compassionately and empathetically because you don't want to you don't want to be yeah uh, you 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 can't portray bad guys as one thing mm-hmm. right and yeah. because kids are very quick to label they're very yeah. quick to categorize yeah. because That's human beings are very quick to categorize yeah. yeah and they don't have the breadth of experience yeah. to know that the one example that they found isn't yeah. all examples right yeah. yeah um and so like it's just that it's it's one of those things that that I think that like as a writer writing for children mm-hmm. or young young adults because mm-hmm. the Harry Potter books kind of transition from children's yeah. books to young adult books, I think you need to be very aware of that sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like you need to you need to be subversive mm-hmm. because at that age that's what they need more than anything, right? Was this the same Romilda? No, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of her name. Or Veronica. It does end it's in like an Ilda. It Ilda. does end in an Ilda. Yeah, something, something. It's like on the tip of my tongue. It's like a Grimilda. Grimilda Vane. Grimilda Vane, I think. I think it's Grimilda. I feel like it's Grimilda. And, and again, like, like anyway, a lot yeah. of the names, a lot of the like, names yeah. are very, like, yeah. obviously well, that's a bad so, guy. Like, which is honestly, fine. That's, a, that's like a Tolkien thing. You right? know what's so interesting about this, Mike? I have just never in my entire, like, of all the preachy things that I sometimes do with my, like, liberal, like, mindset and friend base, I've never talked about the Harry Potter books like this before. And it's super weird because I'm kind of like, oh, these are things that I should have been saying. So, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, all I want to do is defend everything yeah. that you're saying. Okay, so, so, it's, so like a weird... it's no different than Star Wars, right? When yeah. people when people come out against Star Wars and they say that Jar Jar Binks is a racist character, and I go, absolutely not, because I'll tell you exactly why he's not a racist character. Because uh, the actor that played him chose to do those things and comes from that background so like he comes off as rastafarian right mm. and then people make generalizations and they and they apply those generalizations to all of the gungans because of the one example that they get which is jar jar and they oh so they're all they're all like lazy blah 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 and like they throw a bunch of insults that it's like okay so you're taking your racist generalizations and applying it to star wars based on a very very small experience of it to me because i experienced star wars at a deeper level Mm -hmm. i look at that and i go like you're being unfair right Mm -hmm. you're not actually watching the movie you're trying to apply a racist stereotype to a character um and really what you're doing is you're picking up on on a culture that an actor has imbued that character with right but then i have to take a step back and mm-hmm. remove myself from my love of Star Wars mm-hmm. and see it how other people see it and go, yeah, Jar Jar Binks can come off as an, as a racist character. The the Nemoidians mm-hmm. do come off. That that accent is vaguely Asian. Mm-hmm. And I it never occurred to me because I yeah. watched it and I went like, oh, they have alien accents. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because it's yeah, not, it's the thing. It's the thing it's not just, specifically exactly. one thing. It's yeah. just but like then you take a step back and you try and see it from somebody else's perspective and you go, oh no, that is, and okay, in the trade dispute and they just, they're all about money. I see how people are drawing these lines. But it's always really funny to me because whenever the the, the racial profiling is applied to, to a Star Wars race, I always find it really, really funny because it's always the stuff that 
everybody says about every other race, mm. right? It's like it's like the 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 money thing. I always find really really interesting because um, in a city like Vancouver, where we have a very dense Asian population, a lot of the time you hear people make racist stereotypes and generalizations about Asian people that has to do with money, right? Mm-hmm. And greediness and all the stuff that goes along with that. Now, as somebody with the last name Cohen, especially as someone with the last name Cohen that was openly of Jewish heritage living in Penticton, I heard a lot of jokes about how I was cheap because I was Jewish, right? And like how I I never I wasn't generous because I was Jewish, right? <laughs> like like oh like I must love money and blah blah like people like I had friends who would make these jokes to me and it's funny because like it's it's the sort of thing that like every every uh, group I think generalizes about another group mm-hmm. that they see as being in a better position than them mm-hmm. so like in Vancouver we have a lot of like realtor realty or sorry real estate owners mm-hmm that are Asian because we have a dense Asian population. It has nothing to do like it. it, So you end up with this weird generalization. Well, I'm sorry. (laughs) Just like for one second though. Yeah. The housing crisis in Vancouver is a real thing. Yeah. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. but, But, but people, but people want to attribute certain yeah, things I understand what you're talking because about, yeah, because it's part of an agenda rather yeah. than looking at facts yeah. right so so yes th- there is fact-based stuff to look at in that example but that's not what people are actually talking about what people are talking about are racist s- stereotypes well, so yeah. and I can, so like i think with harry potter because harry potter is one of those franchises similar to star wars similar to star trek similar to the lord of the rings but it, like, if you're a fan of it, you become, uh, this is a term that, that Mark Hamill uses for like the hardcore Star Wars fans, uh, ultra passionate fans, mm-hmm. right? That like go the nth, to the nth degree that like, that know more about the movies than, than the people who made them or the books yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Right. And, and I know that you have some friends who are in that camp for Harry Potter yeah, and yeah. that you are somewhat in that camp. Right? Like, yeah. Well, not what, as hardcore as some of your friends, because I know some of your yeah, friends are, are like, like... really crazy. <laughs> it's like their yeah. thing, right? Yeah. But, but it, I think because, because you're surrounded by people who are in that camp, the discourse is about what's great about Harry Potter and very seldom about like what, the, what might be the... Like, you, you forgive the problems because, because you're so passionate about No, them. I want to take a step back. I, my criticism is actually of myself, not of yeah. the book. Everything you're saying is true for all literature, uh-huh. almost. Like, like what you're saying, like, the, th- the things that you're picking apart right yeah. now about Harry Potter are things that are so prevalent, I've, I never pick them apart in stuff. Yeah. Because to do so would mean that I could never enjoy anything. Like, and, and I mean, that's, like, part of why I study, like critical thought so that so that I have a time and a place where I'm like let's mm-hmm. sit down and critically analyze this and this is great and I have friends that will also have conversations about stuff like this but if I went into every single thing that I read yeah. trying to like understand the systemic issues with it I could never enjoy another thing ever because everything yeah. has a systemic things yeah. so what the ways that you were arguing about Harry Potter I also am like Oh my gosh, what's the solution to that? Because what you were saying yeah. is so true. Children have to use stereotypes yeah. and generalizations 
to understand the world. That's how you start to understand the world. This is hot. This is cold. Yeah. Everything that looks like this is hot. Everything that looks like this is cold. Be careful when you're around these things. Yeah. Oh, that's a fake thing. You can use that. Oh, why can you use that? Experience will tell you so. Yeah. So, so the thing that I'm finding fascinating about this is actually like a larger problem that I'm seeing. Like, how do we break that apart? How do we deal with that stuff? Because if you're talking about children's literature, yeah, it's it only is helped by by systemic changes in how we yeah. as a society view things, and slowly but surely having movies like Frozen and movies like like taking apart the idea yep. of like what is a villain and what is a hero yeah. and who can be the stars of things, and that's only like within the last. Yeah. I mean, decade is even a stretch. I want to say the last like five years yeah. that popular media has started to reflect the idea yeah. that like protagonists can be different people and we can relate to every breadth of hero yeah. if we understand what makes them similar, like what makes them human, yeah. like what makes them be able to connect with us instead of just going like, oh, that person looks like me and is in the same situation as me, I identify with them. Yeah. And starting to recognize being like, no, we can identify with a whole breadth of people. We should start to look at our whole society. And yeah. that's only now that kids are at all exposed to that. So it's just so fascinating that I've never just, I've never looked at Harry Potter that way because yeah. I'm always expecting, especially with you, I was expecting to like have to back down all the larger like issues with the books. Yeah. And this is just in no way where I thought this conversation was going to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. And it's truly fascinating. I and just, I think I, for, for me, I think it's more important to let your character's actions speak for themselves and not use not use a, an idea of an outward appearance as the as the primary indicator of a, of a character's motivations mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because that's really like that's I think that's what what I'm picking up on the most is that she really for a lot of the key characters mm -hmm. she spends a lot of time describing them and a lot of the time that description can is is used to let you know where that character is going to Yeah. Be, yeah. Right? And and like it's not in all cases because like you could absolutely say that like Quirrell is is his outward appearance is subterfuge, right? Like it's used as a as something to throw you off the trail right. of him being the bad guy the whole time. And Snape's outward appearance right, is yeah. used to make you think that he's the bad guy every yeah. book. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And every book it turns out that he's not. Until obviously Half Blood Prince, where it turns out that he is, until the last <laughs> book where it turns out that he wasn't actually. Oh man, have you but, watched the like yeah, yeah. Snape in oh, chronological order? No. Oh oh my gosh, I'm gonna send it to you. I cry almost every single time yeah. I watch the thing. Snape's story in chronological yeah. order is it, so brilliant. Okay, so this is my this is a totally superficial gripe that I have yeah. with it. The guy who Jim Dale, who does the audiobooks, mm -hmm. um he does the ones that are on Pottermore because I guess I mm -hmm. uh, who's the guy who does who did them before, mm -hmm. um, oh it's the guy who did like the Hitchhiker's Guide audiobooks like the radio dramas. I've and never stuff. like um listened to people them. listening will know yeah. what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um the the ones that I'm listening to the ones that are on Audible mm -hmm. that are that were recently released mm -hmm. and they're done by Jim Dale and he intentionally doesn't do any of the movie characters oh, right like he does yeah. them as like different things um he has a few really annoying like it, this happens with everybody who reads audiobooks 
because you sit and you're listening to them for five hours or in the instance of the entire Harry Potter series at this point, I don't know, three books in five hours a piece, right? Yeah, 15 yeah. hours of listening yeah. to this guy. He has a very specific way of like, Oh no. And it's like, <laughs> shut up guy. Like, like, cause that's fine. If it's Hermione, she's going, Oh no, that's fine. Hermione talks like that. That's how her character talks. But if it's Ron, Ron would be like, oh, no, right? Like, you have to characterize them, and he doesn't. Oh. And you get to Snape, and I'm sorry, but Snape is Alan Rickman, and Alan Rickman is Snape. I've said this before, on the, I think on this podcast, I believe that, that artists are put on Earth to do one specific thing. Everything else is just gravy, right? For Arnold Schwarzenegger... It was absolutely 100% to play Conan the Barbarian, which was one of his first major roles. And he did it in two movies, and they, he keeps threatening that he's going to come back and do it in another one. And I just stopped threatening me with a good time, Conan the Barbarian, Arnold Schwarzenegger, because he's so perfect for it. Like, he is that character. He epitomizes that character. He's perfect in that role. And that movie is only so good because it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. You can't say that about any other movie, because... Terminator, you can replace him with Sylvester Stallone, same movie, right? <laughs> Doesn't matter, right? Like, all you need is a big dude with a funny accent, <laughs> and we're good to go. Alan Rickman was put on this planet to play Snape. Like, that's why he existed, right? And everything else well, he I mean, did... not so reductive, but no, I understand No, but like, like yeah. as an artist, yeah. right? Like, I'm talking as an artist. Like, that's what his... Like, that is the crowning achievement of his career, amongst other incredible roles like he's 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 one of the best actors ever right like or was i guess but i like hans gruber and metatron and dogma and like everything that he's in he elevates and he's so good but what (laughs) i'm gonna tangent for a second my buddy the other day they were like name the five angels in the bible because they're they they grew up religious or whatever and so they named off I don't know, like Gabriel and, and all this I, stuff. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. They, whatever they are. The, the, there's only apparently five angels that are named in the Bible. And I was like, yeah. what about Metatron? And they were like, Amanda, that was a character in Dogma. And I was like, and Supernatural. <laughs> Surely that's not. No, the Metatron, <laughs> the Metatron is an angel. And if they had actually studied theology, they would know that because uh, it's not in the Bible. But it's, yeah. But it's in the Apocrypha that the Metatron is an angel. Like cool. that the voice of God was an angel that okay. spoke for God. Cool. So, but I think, I think it was, he did. I mean, Nate went to like the, like whatever that oh, school yeah. is. Yeah. Like he Trinity, straight up, yeah, straight up studied theology. Yeah. And then was like, you put it at Trinity, like, but at Trinity, so the Apocrypha is apocryphal. Probably, yeah, I was going to say. It's where the word so, comes from. Yeah. So like somebody like myself who has done that study independently yeah, yeah. and not just from the Christian lens, but also through the Jewish lens as well as through other lenses. <laughs> yeah. Um, Literature examination. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, because I personally count, I, uh, I uh, paradise lost. Oh yeah. As, that's interesting. As, okay. as, as not, not gospel because gospel has a specific word, but as word of God, because the beginning of, Paradise Lost starts with with Milton evoking 
the angels oh, to to guide mm-hmm. his hand like oh, to to write like he is a he's a he's a utensil like he's a tool for them oh, to work cool. through which is no different than how the prophets right, yeah. would oh. evoke things yeah. before they would write so 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 yeah i think but the at, the, at its core they were yeah. talking about how it was it was in the bible, in the bible specifically yeah. what used. but anyways but I, what i thought was interesting so sorry to tangent no, no, so no, that's fine. terribly i'll always but... tangent into that <laughs> yeah um but yeah, yeah, but 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 yeah, like so to to do anything, and I don't know specifically when these audiobooks were recorded. Maybe they were recorded before the movies. Maybe they were recorded during the movie. Like the yeah, first one was idea, recorded yeah. before, and he had to yeah. keep going with yeah, the same, the same thing, thing for yeah. consistency. But if they were recorded after the first movie came out, then it's a mistake. <laughs> it's a mistake for him to not. He doesn't have to do an impression, but he needs to draw from that experience. Okay. Right, he needs to draw from because when Snape opens his mouth in this book, he he talks like this, and it's oh, like weird. it's like he, your Snape sounds like Voldemort. Your Voldemort sounds like your Snape. Like, it, <laughs> yeah, we get it. Snape's supposed to sound like a bad guy, but Snape is an iconic character because of Alan Rickman's performance. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No different than I think Harry's an iconic character because of Daniel Radcliffe's performance. Um, especially in the later movies yeah. and, and, um, and, and Dumbledore is defined by the two actors that played him. Mm-hmm. Um, and really like, like those are the iconic characters of that. Hagrid's pretty iconic. The, the actor that they have played. I just don't him. understand who else could have played Hagrid in that same way. I mean, I'm sure there's someone. Yeah. But, but he did um, such a good job. Such a good job. There's a, there's a handful of actors. I think there's yeah. about, there's about four or five actors that could have done that. Yeah. You know who would have been an awesome Hagrid? John Goodman. If he could oh. do the accent, he'd be an awesome Hagrid. Well, well there's a, one of the coolest They're things British, is to like watch yeah. is to like look at people's interpretations of like American versions of like who would be cast in like yeah, the yeah, American yeah, yeah. versions of Harry Potter and stuff. It's kind of interesting. Um so cool. So I love Harry right. Potter. Yeah. I'm a hardcore Harry Potter fan now because of of going through the books. Uh, tomorrow I'm going to meet a person and off of Craigslist and get a, a brand new copy of all eight movies on Blu-ray for Ooh, 50 bucks. Nice. I'm super excited because nice. as I've been listening to the books, I'm obviously comparing them to the movies because the yeah. movies were my first experience and mm. I want to, I, I want to watch them. Yeah. Um, it's going to be very hard to watch just the first three right now. Yeah, oh, but yeah. I haven't watched the third one. I think I've only seen it once, and I consider it my favorite of the, the movies. The third one? Yeah. Oh, it's... it's it, Well, it's time travel. That's why I like it. But yeah. it's also why a lot of people don't, but... So, okay, so just b- right before we finish this yeah. and get into the actual episode of Arrow, mm-hmm. um, the, the other thing that bothers me, and it's just the structure of the way that she built out the books and it has to work this way, and I'm hoping that as you get into Half-Blood Prince and Deathly Hallows mm-hmm. that this will fall away, especially Deathly Hallows because they're not at school. Yeah. Um, but especially in the first book and the second book, less so in the third, but definitely obvious in the third, um... The whole middle of the book has no plot and is just action, oh. right? Like not action as in like you know running around, but yeah. like it's just stuff that happens. Right. Yeah. And because the beginning of the books are always like, okay, something happens with the Dursleys that's going to it's going to infer something that's going to be important later. Yeah. Um. And then and then he goes off to school and or he goes to Diagon Alley and when he goes to Diagon Alley, 
he's going to encounter one specific thing that's going to be super important by the end of the book. And then he goes to school, and his first three classes that are his new classes this year, he's going to learn things Mm -hmm. that are super important Mm -hmm. for the course of this book. And then by the time they get to Halloween, until they get to the end of year, nothing is important. Oh, it's all this sort of stuff happens and it's all character development, but nothing's important to the plot. So it's like, it's like, this is where, and I know going into the fourth book, this is where Ron and Harry have their falling out because Ron joins the Quidditch team and Mm. Harry, I think Harry doesn't, he's not on the Quidditch team in in the fourth book, right? Uh, Is he? Well, like, like Ron becomes the the Quidditch Um, superstar. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's some reason why he's not. The, the one thing about the third the fourth book is that because the trials are separate, like the, the three games, yeah. you do actually get it. It's actually much more paced That's in true. a very different way. Yeah. And then the fifth I'm really, book... I think, I think Goblet of Fire might actually be my favorite because of the Goblet of... Because of yeah, the, the yeah, games. But, but, yeah. The fifth book, the reasons why I loved it and yeah. think that it's important to read the book version, based on what you just told me, is yeah. going to be not a one that you like. They cut out half the book in the movie. Yeah. I think it's an interesting stuff, but it's about the goings on at Hogwarts. It's all the schools. And and which is so fun to yeah. me. Like you learn so much about house elves and you learn a ton about um like the school itself. That's and Order you learn, of the Phoenix. Yeah, and, okay. and it's and it's it's like an interesting you learn about because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the, the one I spew, always I forget about Order about, of the Phoenix. I always yeah. skip right from Goblet of Fire to Half Blood Prince. I yeah. don't know why I always but forget about it's, it. I've it's only really, seen the movie. The once. thing is, cause in Order of Phoenix, like very little happens. Yeah. It's all very much about characters and, and like development of the world. And that's why I love it so much. Like you okay. learn more about prophecy don't, don't, and you learn more about yeah. Neville in a way that you never do in the movies. Don't like, get me wrong, so, because yeah. it's not that I don't enjoy the middle of the books. Mm-hmm. It's just that I feel like if she were planning them out a little bit better when she was writing them, the the first time they go to class in Herbology wouldn't be the Mandrake one. Oh, right, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. But it's like, okay, here's our first class of the year, a brand new class, Herbology, and we're going to deal with Mandrakes, which, first of all, deadly Mandrakes, <laughs> first class. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Let's, like, why don't you introduce them to, like, some of the things that they have to grow for their potions first? <laughs> that would be an introduction, too. Yeah. And then you save that for the middle of the book, where it's like, Thank goodness we just got the the shipment of mandrakes and, you know, like it's going to take a couple months for them to mature. But instead of like right off the bat, uh, you know, something's paralyzing these kids and yeah, yeah. man, there's only like five fantastic beasts (laughs) to use their terminology. Like if you're going to go with like, like basic mythology, they, they, I, would would lead you to believe that everybody would have everybody's getting, no well that they're getting petrified but right. like it, it, so oh you know, I understand what you mean oh yeah 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 do some detective work yeah teachers that are apparently experts in all of this stuff like Snape always has everything figured out yet he like like the teachers never save the day until the last second and it's and and the thing this it bugs me so much <laughs> Dumbledore is always there. And he's always watching. And he lets horrible things happen and very dangerous stuff go by. 
because he wants Harry because and I know that like this is the whole point of the Half-Blood Prince, right? You get to that book and you find out that Dumbledore as great of a character and as a hero of a hero as he was, he's also kind of a very flawed character because mm-hmm. he puts the weight of the world literally yeah. on the shoulders of Harry Potter when anybody would do, right? Like not necessarily, but like but like he allows certain things to happen because of prophecy yeah. that they should have just dealt with. Yeah. Right? That, like, it were within his power to stop or deal with, but he wants Harry to develop in a certain way. Mm-hmm. So he's almost... He is an Obi-Wan Kenobi-type character, because obviously he's the wizardiest wizard of them mm-hmm. all, but, but there are elements to his character where, like, he kind of just lets things happen yeah. that are very bad, yeah. because it's going to be good in the long run. And yeah. It's like, I, I get, like, he's kind of a god character. He's much like Aslan in the Chronicles of Narnia, yeah. where it's like he, like, he understands the balance of good and evil mm-hmm. and the, and, you know, you have to take the good with the bad. Yeah. And everything terrible that Harry goes through is going to um, help him grow as a, as a person, right? And become a better wizard and be able to defeat Voldemort by the end. Also, Voldemort, everybody who's listening, Voldemort. Not Voldemort, Voldemort. That's how you say it. That's how you say it. It depends. That's how you say it. I mean... If you read it as Voldemort, you were wrong. Yeah, no, you were wrong. It's Voldemort. Like, that's... Like, that J.K. Rowling has said, it's Voldemort. You don't pronounce... The T is silent. Yeah, but that's also my, my like, uppity French friends who say that it's croissant, not croissant. Yeah. I'm like, no... In North America, it's croissant. So <laughs> okay. get over it. Okay. <laughs> it's I think it's Voldemort. His name's okay. Voldemort, but um, <laughs> it's no different. It's no different than all of the Star Wars fans for years, for like almost decades. We all thought it was pronounced Coruscant, and it turns out that it's Coruscant, and okay. we didn't know that until Episode One came out. And oh. there's that moment where. Qui-Gon Jinn says it to the battle droid and he says, I'm taking I'm taking them to Coruscant. And the battle droid goes, Coruscant? Mm, Coruscant? No, that doesn't compute. And to a lot of fans, that was them going like, why is he saying Coruscant? Like, he's confusing the droid. It's called Coruscant. Oh. Right? And it's like, no, it's Coruscant. And now everybody says Coruscant because that's what it's supposed to be. Okay, but, but everybody says Voldemort because that's now what it's supposed to be because... Popular culture stuff. I, I say, I, it's Voldemort. It's All right, Voldemort. you can have your, you're yeah. fine. But then, it, but then it's not Tom Riddle, it's Om Riddle. So, whatever. No, that's not the case. That's not the case. It's a silent T. It's a silent T in Voldemort, which is a made-up name. Tom is a name that already exists. No. Um, anyways, Harry Potter, it's awesome. I love okay. it. Yay. It's good. I need to find a stand for my wand so that I can put it up. I think I'm going to put it over the mantle. But I think what I need to do is I need to find a stand for two wands so that when Crystal gets a wand eventually that we can put them both above the mantle. I guess maybe I should. Eventually I'll have to get three. Eventually I have to get more. Um, Yeah, because the Wizarding World is open in California now. It's not officially open yet. I think it officially opens in the middle of April, but it is open to the public Ooh. now. Um, nice. I cool. want to go so bad. I want to go so bad. I didn't know. This and just go to that and not spend any time in the rest of Universal because the rest of Universal is garbage, garbage. but just, <laughs> garbage. just, and like have, ha- I don't even know, like, will Butterbeer be good? What do or? they have? 
it's like a split thing, right? Where one part of the world is in Florida and the other part is in LA, like of the Wizarding World. Um, no, no, they both have Hogwarts. Um, and then well, one has Diagon Alley and the other one has like yeah, I think they have Diagon Alley in in the one here. Yeah, because yeah. they have Ollivanders and everything, and the other yeah, one has Hogsmeade. Hogsmeade. Yeah, okay. The yeah. Florida has Hogsmeade. Yeah. Um, and I would rather have Diagon Alley. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you yeah, rather have Diagon Alley? want to go all of so bad so oh, bad i just want to go i haven't been to any of them like i i yeah. haven't been to florida since i was like five so i haven't been to i would like to just go to disney World i just again. i just i wonder i wonder if when you go in they ask you like if you've already been sorted if you've already oh, yeah, be like because with pottermore like because i just recently did i did it before when it originally opened yeah. and was sorted into hufflepuff and then they reopened it, like yeah, they they did it, yeah. yeah, like with because of Fantastic Beasts, they like re yeah configured yeah. the whole site. Like they basically built a new site, and and they changed the 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 quiz or whatever. Yeah, and it sorted me into Ravenclaw this time. Interesting. And so it's like there's conflict there because like you identify right when yeah. you start to identify, you go okay, yeah. this is who I am. Yeah. And then to have it tell you that it's something different, but it also you also get to choose like not choose. But do the thing for your wand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and... Oh, and then when you go to Ollivander's... If you yeah, know. and if I went to Ollivander's at, at Universal and he gave me a unicorn hair, <laughs> I'd be like, this is nonsense, Ollivander. <laughs> that is not my wand. Yeah. My wand has a dragon heart string and it's made of... Uh, uh, it's not oak. Mine's fur. I can't remember... Uh, Maple? I think it's maple. And which is funny because Canadian, but I uh, and uh, and it's and it's slightly springy. Ooh, yeah. Nice. Um that yeah, that would be that would be the coolest thing to go. Yeah, I was really I didn't take the first quiz. Yeah. But I always identified as a raven claw. Yeah. Uh, no. A slither claw. I was a slither claw. Because I was yeah. both like slither and a raven claw. But then I finally sorted myself and was like officially put in Slytherin. But now every time I see Ravenclaw stuff, I'm a little bit like, because I identified for so long as both. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, I'm only one. But I'm like, no, at heart. I'm well, like I would, I, I always, I always identified like Hufflepuff, but I have very slid, uh, very Ravenclaw tendencies because yeah. I'm, yeah, very uh, analytical and yeah. blah blah yeah. blah stuff. And like I'm okay with it. It's oh, it's fine. It's not a big mm-hmm. deal. But it's the sort of thing that like if I went to. If I went there and then the sorting hat put me in Gryffindor, I'd be mm-hmm. like, sorting hat, you don't know what's up. Yeah. It would it would break the experience yeah. for me and it's yeah. it would it would bug me. Yeah. It would bug me. Anyways, let's talk about Harold. Okay. I just want to do a podcast about Harry Potter right now because I'm really into it. Yeah. Um okay. Doing a regularly scheduled. Yeah. Well, I think I just got it all up. <laughs> I will we'll, there there will be a part two to this conversation yeah. once you're done once I ones, finish yeah. the, the next okay. few books uh, okay so there we go. That is the first episode in the bag. Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, of course, uh, you can keep an eye on irregularlyscheduled.com for more content coming soon, coming eventually, coming at some point. I uh, Whenever I feel like it, that's the whole point. I uh, You can also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash irregularlyscheduled, and on Twitter, uh, I believe it's a regular pod. Uh, you can follow me personally. I'm at arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. And of course, we are part of the Thunderquack podcast network head to thunderquack.com to check out 
all of the other podcasts in the network. And if you enjoy what you're listening to, uh, you can head to patreon.com slash thunderquack, become a supporter, and help us bring more great podcast content like this to you. Uh, That's it for the first episode. Again, thank you for joining me, and uh, I will see you when I see you. (laughs) We'll be right back.